Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? All right, lads, welcome to For the Love of Palmer Grand Podcast. Want to pop on and talk a little bit about Ishmael Asar, look at some tactical pieces that uh, didn't go to plan against Crystal Palace. Now, Crystal Palace um, obviously got the better of Aston Villa. I'm seeing in the comments there that people are saying that Fabrizio Romano says the deal is dead. A, he has not said the deal is dead. He said his exact words were, there, there are still things to resolve for Ismail Sar deal between Aston Villa and Watford. Negotiations in, da- in danger after progress made earlier today. Aston Villa and Watford have full agreement, not completed yet on the player's side. Um, since that has uh, has been sent 46 minutes ago by Fabrizio Romano, we see this. Um, where is it? I'm just looking for it. Um, Santi Ona as well, who's been on top of this, who's the first person to break this last night, has said that Ishmael Asar has successfully passed. He's Aston Villa Medical is expected to sign a four-year contract tomorrow. So that was 28 minutes ago. So the most up-to-date reporting we have at this moment in time is that uh, Ishmael Asar is uh, going to be an Aston Villa player tomorrow uh, for the price of 25 million euros plus 3 million euros add-on as was reported by Santi or last night and by uh, Fabrizio Romano. Going to take some of your comments first. Um, yeah, a lot of people here saying that Fabrizio has said that it's fallen through. He hasn't posted anything on Twitter to say that the deal has fallen through unless somebody can, can point me in the direction of one of those. Um, but until he actually, until the words he says, uh, th- until he says the words the deal has fallen through, then you know, don't be saying that the deal is falling through because he hasn't said that, you know. So let's stick to the facts here, guys. Let's stick to the facts. Um, what else have we here? Ooh, a lot of hostility in the chat. Hostility. Hostility. And, and uh, yeah, so um, 
I'm going to waffle about his stats. Sorry, MMC agent Jared. I'm not going to waffle about his stats. Don't have any stats for him today. Not going to do stats. Going to do tactical piece on him instead. So, um, yeah, so I'm not going to waffle about his stats, unfortunately, uh, just for context there. Uh, transfers now off, says AVMC agent Jared, but Neil probably won't even see these comments and we'll waffle on about his stats. I, I'm not going to, so sorry to disappoint you um, with regards to that one. Um, so, guys, look, this one is is obviously something that broke yesterday directly after the game. Ishmael Asar was um, was linked with Aston Villa. Uh, well, he said that we had a bid a bid uh, accepted for him almost directly after the game. Um, it was one of those ones that came out of the blue. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have been have been speaking about where does he fit in with Aston Villa. It's been a lot going on. People saying that, oh, we need an eight, we need a centre-back. I still think that there's opportunities for those to, to come in, specifically a centre-half. I think a centre-half will come through the door before the end of this week, uh, before the transfer market closes, should I say. Um, and I think that potentially if something comes up for a central midfielder as well. But, you know, when transfers happen and when people do... Uh, there are due diligence with regards to transfers. If something becomes available, even though it might be an area that, that isn't of massive need at this moment in time, or should I say, maybe it isn't like the priority need that a centre-half is or that a, a midfielder is at the moment. When something like this comes across your table and you kind of see it and you say, right, this guy is someone that we could fit in into our system and would be an upgrade and, and maybe someone we want to play in that position. I think you press the button on it and you try and sign that player if the funds are there. I don't think that this is a situation where by signing this player means that we, we won't have any money to sign a centre-half or to sign a central midfielder. Clubs don't work that way. There is like the, the money is there for players. You can be guaranteed of that. And this is one of those situations where, where whereby a player became available. Aston Villa have bid. It's been accepted. And now let's see if this one does come true and if they do come through the door. Um, over, like All will be written tomorrow, as I say, with regards to this, if he does sign uh, on, on the dotted line for Aston Villa tomorrow. We're going to take just a small look. Today, this is kind of a joined up one between... You know, some of the things we did poorly against Crystal Palace. I'm not going to go into too much of too much detail because we could be here for 40 minutes, 50 minutes on it. Um, so I'm just going to look very, very briefly at where maybe an Ishmael Asar could have came in against uh, Crystal Palace, how we could have tweaked the formation and how we would see um, Ishmael Asar maybe fitting into this team were he to sign. As I say, it looks like he is going to sign now. Um, medical has been completed. Fee has been agreed and it's details with the player um, to, to, to be trashed out. Um, at this moment in time, so we will see what uh, what comes of that. And a couple more of your comments there, as I say, uh, just before we uh, get going there. Um, ba -ba -bum. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Uh, apologies, apologies. Um, uh, Josh says, "My big, my big question at for the love of pomegranate podcast, share." surely was available for this fee all summer. So why sign now? Um, was he not the primary choice? No, I, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think that obviously you're going to negotiate. And yes, you know what the fee is, but I think the fee would have come down at the start of the season. He was rumoured to have been, they were rumoured to have been looking for something like 35 or 36 million. Um, I won't be quoted on that one, but I think as the price, uh, or as the end of the transfer window is, has come, maybe the player has turned around and said to the club, listen, I now, I now want to leave. I want to go back to the Premier League. I've already done my my stint with you guys here when you got relegated the last time and I got you back into the Premier League with some very good performances and scoring some goals. And I don't really want to go through that again. I want to be back in the Premier League. So potentially that's something that uh, that has happened here. And with, with developments like that, the price then 
um, may have dropped. As I said, 25 plus three for me is lower than anything that I've seen that I would have seen quoted with him before. So potentially that's something that happened. But once again, we can't speak to that. Um, I can't speak to that when any gen- I can only speak in generalities. I can't speak to it in the, in in any sense of um of authority with regards to that. But uh, yeah, look, I think that he's definitely or he would have been somebody we would have been looking at. You know, there's going to be a whole trove of Premier League teams. I think every Premier League team probably from that finished from seventh down yet last year is going to be casting a guy an eye at this guy. And I think probably. Um, when an opportunity cost comes up like this, that Aston Villa press the button on it, and and hopefully he signs now, as I say. But uh, with regards to the fee, I, I don't know, but I, I it is lower than what we had seen uh, rumored at the start of the transfer window for him. Um, but by all means, as I say, twenty five plus three is uh, I think is a fair price for him, considering he's come from the championship. Um, Thomas asks, has Paddy left the dark corner after a few sco- scoops? I think Paddy needs another dark corner today. Is from from like I, I went down the sauce last night and uh, Paddy went down the sauce last night. And I think both of us are probably feeling a bit worse for where all of his was uh, in, in, in Africa. Mine was uh, just in sunny Limerick yesterday. It was where Limerick in Ireland was where I went for a few points. And uh, yeah, I'm a bit ropey today. I'm a bit ropey for sure. Um, Where else are we there? Party DZN says, why are people going into panic mode over a fab tweet? Percy has always been our number one guy. And he said the medical was today, trust in Percy. I completely forgot that John Percy had mentioned about this as well. Um, Yeah, look, as I say, it could break down. It may break down. It may not. But everything that we're looking at at the moment looks like, everything we're we're seeing at the moment looks like it is going to progress. And as I said, tomorrow will be where a lot more light will be shed on this, but it does look like his medical was passed today. And if that is the case, then uh, tomorrow we should have more news on this as to whether it does go ahead or not. But usually usually you don't do a medical unless you're pretty close to um, to signing on the dotted line somewhere because uh, you know it takes time and it takes effort to do medicals as well. Um, Tom Ryan says, it's not a winger we need, it's a creative midfielder. I... I'd, I'd argue a small bit about that. And we'd, well, well, not argue, but I'd have a different opinion. Um, or the, the point could be made, should I say, that we do need an extra winger to try and spread our play a small bit. And I'll talk about that when I show a quick little kind of piece that I have on some potential tactical tweaks and changes that this may this may involve. Um, I can see the merits behind doing this if we are going to play our inverted wingers uh, or as people were calling them, and as I've called them a lot of times, those inverted tens, um, if they become prevalent or if they become more prevalent within this role, and I know we've got bogged down before by saying, do we play two nines? Do we two play? T- do we play two tens? And I think the fact that having um, latent pace at, at, at the wing positions like Sar has and potentially like Bailey has, um, even though they may not start in the same team as we will look at in a moment, um, it's something that we don't have. We don't have an awful lot of pace in our team whatsoever. And uh, bringing somebody who can carry the ball and has pace is uh, is a positive, I think, for me. But we'll take a look at it in a moment and we'll see what the story is. Um, where else are we? Yeah, as I say, David Styles, you say just a bit confused by by the start by the star signing. There's a point to us changing our system and us playing with wingers. I I think that we're already kind of playing with inverted wingers at the moment or inverted tens, whatever way you want to look at it. So I think introducing players maybe with different skill sets in there because look it isn't working with Coutinho Coutinho and Buendia playing there because we're not seeing it it's not working when we play Coutinho and Bailey in there behind behind one striker and I think a lot of it is you know they're not the fastest players well Bailey obviously is 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 quite quick but 
Buendia, while he looks like he's moving at a million miles an hour, and Coutinho, they're not the fastest players. So I think sometimes if we were, had the ability to be able to, to to change it up there and bring in players in there and play more horses for courses type uh, tactic, um, that that would be beneficial. And, you know, having these bullets on the bench or even having these opportunities to be able to change change around how we play um, is, is always going to be beneficial, uh, I think, to the team for sure. Um where else are we with regards to this? Uh I've disappointed you. Uh where are we? Um oh this yeah, this just on the stats. The stats will be back. The stats will definitely be back. I just wanted to take a different tack with this one because I usually do a tactical analysis on on the, the previous game, and I'll be honest, guys. I just didn't have it in me, so I wanted to take a look at what Sarah can bring you, where we can what what changes I think we could bring to the team that would essentially make us a bit more stout in defence. Obviously, without taking away um, our attack or any attacking prowess, and actually probably even hiding it small little bit, um, which would be good. Which would be good. Uh, where else are we? Um, <laughs> Leighton Castle, this is the this is the comment of the day. Sarah coming to Villa is great timing for me. I'm putting my house in the market on Friday, and I reckon Sarah would love a semi-detached just outside Walsall. But there you go. You have a buyer in Ishmael Sarah, I would imagine. So yeah, yeah. If you're watching this, uh Ishmael Sarah, there's a nice little semi-detached as Leighton says, going outside Walsall. Leighton, if you want to send me your details, um I'll I'll pass them through to his agent if he does get in contact. For sure. That would be class. Oh, guys, before I go any further, actually, before we get on to the Ishmael Asar piece, because there's 242 absolutely wonderfully beautiful, and we do have the most beautiful audience to this podcast, you know. I've seen a couple of you guys in real life. You're quite the lookers. Um, lovely chiseled jaws and all that fantastic, fantastic facial features, not to mention the, the just the beautiful visages that all of you do have. Um, and as I butter you up, uh, I want to let you guys know about a giveaway that we're going to do. There's a lot of there's like I, I don't like getting angry. I try my best in my whole entire life not to get angry as best I can. Everybody gets angry from time to time. And I think I got very angry in the post-match yesterday. And specifically in the first five minutes, I was uh, full of rage, to be honest with you. Um, but what I wanted to do is I woke up this morning and um, I'd been in contact or I was contacted by the wonderful Finton Hand at Addicted to Villa. And uh, what we've done is we've decided to give away uh, a jersey, an Aston Villa jersey, whatever uh, size that you guys would like. We're going to do giveaway over the course of this week, try and lift the spirits. Some lucky winner is going to get this shirt, is going to get a shirt on the podcast and uh, courtesy of a collaboration between Finton Hand at Addicted Villa, Addicted to Villa on Twitter and ourselves here at Love McGrath Pod. So I hope that guys that, that will put you guys in um in a good mood. Tomorrow I will pop up a tweet. Keep an eye out for it. And uh, as I say, it will be run on Twitter. And uh, it's just going to be a very simple like the tweet and follow myself and Finton. And then what we will do is at the end of the week, we'll pick a winner and somebody will be getting an Aston Villa football shirt um, courtesy of collaboration between myself and um, addicted to, at Addicted to Villa Finton Hand. So I hope that will put some of you guys in, in a good mood because, um, as I say, I think we want to spread some some joy after quite a negative, uh, frustrating. And uh, to be honest with you, why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just downright kind of calamitous day that we put down yesterday. Okay, so I uh, hope that puts somebody in 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 a good um in a good mood for sure. Uh, when when we start that giveaway, so guys, let's have a look there. As I say, Ishmael Asar, there doesn't seem to be any more news on it. I've got Twitter open here, just waiting to see if anything is anything else is mentioned from Fabrizio Romano, from Villa Report, from John Percy. I've got the alerts on, but nothing has popped up yet. Let's take a little look at one or two things that um. I want to bring you guys through with regards to Ishmael Asar. So what I want you guys to do is pop in the comments if you can still hear me when I talk over this because uh, um, I'm hoping you guys will still be able to hear me when this video is playing. So I'm just going to play a little video. So this is a little um, transition point on how we set up yesterday. On the left-hand side, you can see here where our our average positions were, we can see cash was very high. Dino was let was was further back, but the big problem there is in midfield. We congested our own midfield, and we were our own worst nightmare. Look, the obvious piece here is that Kanz and Mings are completely exposed at the back there, and, and we we saw from the first goal that we can see that that's where Zaha got in, and we also have no direct threat through the through the through the front. Some potential setups we can see here with an Ishmael Asar is that we go a bit more kind of um, stable at the back, whereby I've pop- popped into kind of uh, mystery players here that we may sign if they were to pop into the team. But I think by by providing your width from your two your uh, your your wingers, you have a situation whereby you can change the formation to four two three one. You get more directness from your wingers and your your fullbacks create a small bit more stability. You spread your defenses more and you have more opportunity to call to carry the ball you have an opportunity as well to inject speed into the team also so palace set up something similar to this and this is how i um you know when we look at how how crystal palace uh, set up yesterday if aston villa had that latent pace speed guy like ishmael Asar, and i know we had it in, in bailey yesterday we could set up with two more stout central uh, midfielders use our fullbacks to protect our center backs a small bit more by creating a wall of four in front of our two center backs creates fluidity in the forward line forward three as you would have maybe some um movement or some some um kind of interchangeability between maybe a Coutinho and a Buendia if you were to play them play both of them in the team there while keeping Ishmael Asar high and uh, Ollie Watkins would have more of a detail to come back into midfield and link the play very much so like God said uh, uh, Edward did yesterday he came back into midfield an awful lot picked up the ball, linked the play, and when he got back there, the likes of uh, Eze and Ayu were running were running rampant and running forward. Um, and um, uh, obviously Zaha was creating the width, was creating that high press area for, for their uh, attack and also their first line of defence. So he basically stood on Ezri Kanza or on Matty Cash when he was there. And I think we need somebody to do that. I'm not quite sure that Leon Bailey is that type of... Um, 
of uh, of forward player. I think he's more of somebody who wants to pick it up from deeper positions and get ahead of steam when he runs. But I think somebody like Ishmael Asar is. We've seen it. He's able to take the ball, but he's back to goal. We've seen him do it in the Premier League as well. And I think that's probably some of the top processes behind here. Because if we do start to play those two inverted wingers, um, we can still fit a Coutinho or a Buendia in the team. I, I, I'm... We could probably have both of them in the team, even if we played those inverted wingers as well. Um, by changing to a four-two-three-one, or even as a lot of you guys were saying there, if we do bring Buendia and Coutinho into the team, then we play Buendia almost like a hybrid eight-ten position. It's just as that small bit, small bit of a link man that's a bit further, further back. But I do think if we move to the inverted winger, inverted winger type formation, and there's tons and tons and tons of of stuff on YouTube. If I, I'm think I might do a, a video on it myself later on this week if I've got time. Very busy week coming up, and I won't have as many podcasts as I normally do. But um, if you want to go and watch what the inverted wingers bring and the the fluidity, or I suppose the the options they bring in attack, um, is is very very beneficial to do as well. So so have a look at that. Um, with regards to Ishmael Asar. Too. Well, I suppose one of the biggest things with him is he's a creative force. He's a ball carrier. He's right-footed. And what, what you tend to see is he's right-footed and he plays on the right-hand side. Now, that's not to say that he can't play on the left-hand side as well, because it is Hocature, as I say, very much so with the uh, with the inverted wingers to play um, opposite foot, opposite side, if that makes sense. So right footer on the left, left footer on the right. We've seen it millions and millions of times before. Wilfred Zaha is that situation. Um Mo Salah is in that is, is in that situation. Rashford, uh, Son, uh, Sterling, um, Aubameyang, Eden Hazard, Hazard, all those guys uh, over the la- in recent times have all played in that situation where you're 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 um, opposite foot, opposite wing. And uh, while Ishmael Asar is somebody that has played on the right hand side and is right footed, um, you know he still has the ability to cut inside and 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 his direct carrying of the ball is very. Um, is very prevalent. Like we've all seen it. He destroyed us on his own last season when we played Watford on day one. We were particularly poor uh, that day and Ishmael Asar was just basically held high and he was held wide and he was an out ball at every opportunity and he's such a powerful runner as we know um, and he's done it in the Premier League as well which is interesting. Um, which is interesting. One of the best things that he does is he's he's an intelligent, he's got intelligent movement with the ball. He's not a road runner as such but uh, he does have pace, but he's intelligent movement. But one of the biggest things that I see with him, and uh, this was actually, um, I, I got actually some confirmation bias in this when I read an article that I can't remember where it was, but it was an article by, what was the person's name? Um, I think it was Ali Tweedell. Uh, the person's name was their scout. And, and, and I watched, uh, I read an article, and as I say, it was confirmation bias from the point of view that, he kind of always looks like he's got a heavy touch, but it's because he's a very long and languid runner with the ball. He is always he seems to always be in control of the ball and, and he always invites tackles from from defenders, which uh you know, which you can say is a positive or a negative. But that he's got a massive long stride. So when I mentioned previously the Bundia looks like he's running a million miles an hour when he runs with the ball because short legs moving at 90 miles an hour, it looks like he's running really fast. Um, whereas somebody like an Ishmael Asari, he's got a long language style. He's eating up ground with a longer stride, and it's something that you'll see. But obviously, when you're trying to control the ball, or when you, sorry, not trying to, when you are in control of the ball, it looks like your touch is a small bit heavier. He doesn't lose the ball that often. Um, it's just something that you see when you're watching him on tape. Um, 
one of the best things that 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 he does have, as I say, is his ability to be able to uh, to to. He started doing it last season, receiving the ball with his back to goal. He's very good at shifting players and moving them around the place with regards to that. Obviously, taking that touch to the side and using his pace to get around it. Very reminiscent of what Wilfred Zaha did to us yesterday a couple of times. He fronted up with Ezri Kanza, had his back to goal, was able to get the ball, uh, get turned. And the second he got turned, they had that overload through the middle of midfield with the likes of Eze, with the likes of Jordan Ayew, and obviously Odson Edward inside there as well. And when Mateta came on, um, when Mateta came on, you could see that they targeted uh, John McGinn and uh, and uh, Matty Cash down that wing. Um, all it took for was Mateta to keep his um, his uh, his central position. Uh, I think it was Zaha that was over there. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe Olise had come on at that stage. But whoever was over there was able to front up with the with the Aston Villa defender. They got turned. Ball went out wide. Cross came in, and Mateta just had to hold his central hold his central position. But Mateta was coming through like a train. And the reason he was coming through like a train was when that initial ball was got was was received by that inverted winger in a four two three one position. The fullback had. They ha- he had the option of the fullback coming on the outside, whereas what's happening with us at the moment is we're almost getting the ball, we're getting turned, and we're facing defenders when we're leaving laying that ball off to the fullback. So it's as obvious as sin what we're doing, and we're also curtailing the space that the fullback has. So it's it, it's a small tactical change, a small tactical tweak. It's so like I don't have confidence in, at, at the moment that Emi Buendia can hold players off uh, with his back to goal. Like that, and and maybe it's not what he was signed to do. Obviously, it wasn't what he was signed to do. But if we are going to have that inverted winger piece, bringing somebody who's a bit taller, who's a bit more strength, to be able to do 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 things like that to open up our fullbacks, who I would imagine if he this guy is signed, our natural width is going to come from somebody like Asar. I think Bundia could be played a, a bit further wide, like he was with Norwich. Obviously, you've got the opportunity to continue out a bit a bit further wide, where he played for Liverpool. Um, when he was when he played some of his best football was from out wide, and I think we get too caught up sometimes in thinking that a number ten is an absolute absolute must. I think the fluidity and the changeability of who play, takes up that number ten role at, at any given time is is more beneficial than having somebody stand in there and be that person specifically when we're dealing with players at the moment who are five foot eight, five foot nine, and we've seen that Jefferson Lerma stood on on Philippe Coutinho nullified him quite a lot. And even yesterday, when we were looking at the at, at the Crystal Palace game, Jeffrey Schlupp, who isn't really known as a defensive midfielder, more so as a left back, Jeffrey Schlupp and Decore really anchored down that middle of midfield and made it very difficult for us to play through that middle. Um, but also gave them a good platform to allow the flyers, the four flyers that they had up front, to to run at us and to cause difficulty by moving us around the place and ch- interchangeability of their positions. Somebody like Eze who was able to pick up the ball and run directly at us, we didn't really have anyone who could do that yesterday. Eze is, you know, a very elusive type runner, as is somebody like Ishmael Asari. He's more of an elusive type runner as opposed to a straight speedster who somebody like a Leon Bailey might be. Um. Loads of comments coming in here. Loads of comments there, uh, guys. Uh, firstly, thank you so much, AVC agent Jared. Everton have agreement with, what, with Watford for Ishmael Asar. Sarah will choose either Everton or Aston Villa. Um, let's. Uh, I haven't seen that, but where did that come? Everton News ITK. Let's take a little look at that. Uh, Everton News ITK. Interesting. Um, Twenty-eight followers. Uh, joined Twitter in August 2022. Um, 
let's see let's see as i say he might have he might have the information that we need he might have the information that, that everton fans want to hear should i say but we will see as i said tomorrow it will be a lot will come out with regards to this it will be um We'll be all written and we'll either know or we won't. And look, as I say, if some people don't want this transfer to go through, well, then maybe you'll get what you, you get what you want with regards to this one not going through. I personally think that there's merit in it. I know a lot of people are saying it's not a position of priority, but if you're late joining the podcast, I think my what I want to kind of kind of convey with regards to that is yes, it's not a position of priority at the moment, but when these opportunity costs and these opportunities come come towards you, you can't dilly dally on it and you can't you can't wait. Yes, they're looking to sign a centre half and they're looking to sign a central midfielder. I think that is a given. There has always been this rumbling throughout the course of the whole lot of the summer that if the right dealer, if Aston Villa can get the right deal for Aston Villa with regards to price and player, that they will push the button on an attacking on an attacking purchase as well. And I've always felt that there would be an attacker coming here. Um, even since the start of the transfer window, I've always felt that we needed to 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 sh- to to brush up or bring in another person in there because obviously we knew the Bertrand Traore was probably. Um, going to go to pastures new. We knew Amor Gazi wasn't going to be part of the squad. We knew that the Trezeguet wasn't going to be part of the squad. And it, it, it's, it's just an interesting one now. I think that when we've started to move players out, Josh, actually, Josh, this is something that just popped into my mind as well. Josh Norris asked the question about the, about the, um, uh, about the, the watch you call it. I can't remember. Sorry, guys. My mind is, is, um, is 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 only half here at the moment. I think you asked the question about the fee being here all see all off season. Well, I think probably what it was was Aston Villa were looking to maybe free up space because you know having a bloated squad as well, just bringing players in on top of players isn't financially or isn't uh, isn't viable from a squad building per point of view. And I think maybe Bertrand Traore going out was an opportunity for us to 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 um to press the button on this transfer. Maybe they've been working on it for a couple of weeks. I don't know, but I would imagine getting players out is as uh, viable or is, is as a big piece as, um, as, uh, as getting players in as well, because the books have to be balanced in some way, shape or form. Um, any other comments there, guys? Uh, just going to say, oh, excellent. Uh, hi, Fidelity. Thank you so much. Really, I really appreciate that. That's that, that's really kind. And also thanks, Dave, AFC agent Jared as well um, for his contribution earlier. I really appreciate that, guys. That's that that's that's really sound. Um, if you want somebody like Sartre to be successful, you need to play compact and break. Not Jared at all. You're angry because you think Jared hasn't got the intelligence to run this team. I'm angry i'm angry because i i think the jared hasn't got the intelligence to run it. I, I i don't understand what that last bit means i i'm not currently angry i was angry at the result yesterday i'm the one here who's making a um i'm trying to maybe see how this does fit in with the with the with, with how we're going to play um how we will play sarah in with the current players that we have but uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm not sure if i'm come across as angry i'm not angry um, I'm actually quite chuffed about this one, as I think we do need some sort of attacking, uh, uh, attacking additions as well to to the squad too. Um, where else are we? Delty uh, Carper one four seven says, "Do you think there's any chance we're signing Sar in order to move Mendia to an eight? I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. I'd be more. I I would think it's probably more from the point of view of us going." Tweaking the formation to go to more like a four-two-three-one. Uh, we did it a couple of times in preseason, 
Um, or as I say, I don't. I think that this could be something to do with maybe just playing inverted wingers, um, inverted tens, inverted wingers, whatever you want to call it. Um, essentially, it's more or less exactly the same thing. I think this might be just about getting more pace into the squad as well, and, and a different type of runner, uh, a different type of runner into the team too, because we do need ball carrying ability. That's something I've been shouting from the rafters uh, since the start of the season. Um, like whether it came from the form of Connor Gallagher. Um, we were rumoured with signing him. He was a ball carrier from the middle of midfield. Or whether it was Jacob Ramsey is the only one at the moment. Um, the, the the lack of being able to carry that ball forward is um, is killing us at times, specifically with our with our counter-attacking, because if it's only Cash and, and Dino who are given licence to, to get wide and to carry the ball forward, well, then we're in trouble because we're seeing that we're being left exposed at the back as well. So that extra carrying ability higher up the field um, I know Leon Bailey can do it. He smashed one off the crossbar yesterday, picked up the ball, rang at the defence, came inside. And remember what I'm talking about with our inverted wingers? That was actually textbook what Leon Bailey did yesterday. Uh, you know, looking back at it, we would have, if that had gone in the back of the net, maybe something would have happened. Um, from from uh, Something more would have happened from an Aston Villa point of view. I don't know. But uh, we wouldn't have deserved to get to have been on par- at parity at that stage. I think that would have brought, brought it to two all. Uh, we wouldn't have deserved that from us from um, how we played, but that type of play, the way that he got forward, got forward quickly, cut inside and stuck one against the against the crossbar, that dropped six inches lower, and then maybe we have a different outcome to the game where we don't lose three two. But it's that unpredictability, it's that counter attack, it's that fast break. I think that uh, that Aston Villa are going to look at more because look. Call a spade a shovel here. We're not we're not dominating the play in the middle of midfield. And if we're not doing that, then we need to have some sort of plan B or we need to have another kind of horse for another course, if that makes sense. Um, and I think Ashmael Asar would definitely be someone um someone that uh, that could do that. Um uh, Seb says it's worrying that this transfer seems to be playing. Well, I I don't know, is it we're playing out in the open because we only we found out that we had agreed a fee yesterday, and you know we found out then that there's a medical today, and he's and and by all accounts it seems that he's going to sign tomorrow. So I think a three day turnaround is quite a is quite a uh, well actually it won't even be a three day turnaround, it'll be a two day turnaround. I think it's quite an achievement as well. Yes, it's not of the secrecy of uh, Ludwig Augustinsson or a who else, a Danny Ings or anyone like that, but I think a 48-hour turnaround, look, uh, every Manchester United fan would love a 48-hour turnaround for uh, for a transfer if this one is to come true. Jesus, they're still talking about trying to sign Frankie de Jong. Anthony is, is like, every five seconds you get a new update on Anthony, how much his price is going to be, whether United are going to do it, uh, whatever the case is there. So their, uh, their transfer... Um, their transfer strategy or their transfer room is is leakier is leakier than uh, than Swiss cheese at the moment, or it's got more holes in it than Swiss cheese, should I say? So um, I think they did a good job to keep this one quiet. Um, and as I say, if it comes over the line uh, within the two day turnaround, I think that's a plus point uh, as well. But I understand what you're saying. We've got so we've gotten so used to finding out it's just bam, we've signed a player. And uh, while I like that as well, you know, two days of speculation is uh, I think is 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 okay. I think it's okay too. Um, let's just hope we don't lose out to him though because, as I say, it does encourage other people maybe to bid specifically when we know what the price is uh, and so on and so forth. Um, da, 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 anything else here? Uh, anything else? Sorry there. So Philly D asks, is Sar any better than Traore? I think he's a completely different player to, to, to Traore. 
Um, Traore wasn't didn't have lightning speed. Traore had had unpredictability in buckets. I think that's fair to say. Um, Traore was like like Traore's first year in the team. He was let's not forget that he was a pretty good contributor um, to the team through his unpredictability. But he never had that latent pace, and I think that's what we're looking for with somebody like Ishmael Asar. Could, could we have tried maybe more this season to get Traore involved? Um, one of the great things actually about Sarah, and I said I wasn't going to bring up statistics with regard to this one. Um, Ishmael Asar is quite a good presser of the ball. He's quite a good. He's got. Um, he's very diligent in pressing in the ball, pressing high up, and that's something certainly the Traore really didn't have specifically. Um, getting pressures and pressing high, uh, whereas Ishmael Asar does bring that. He he he's not a. He's. He's a bit more of a of a known quantity within his teammates, if that makes sense. Whereas Traore could do anything. We all remember the no look passes directly across the field from Traore in year one, and you'd have your, you know, your you'd be chewing your 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 hands like with, with anxiety trying to figure out what he was doing there. And some of the brilliant stuff paid off with Traore. Don't get me wrong, I'm sad to see him go because I will like that goal he scored against West Brom. He should have been arrested for that. That was absolute cream. It was just gorgeous. It was my goal of the season. He just passed it in there. And that's just natural talent for him. But as I say, the the latent pace wasn't there. Uh, the unpredictability in the Maverick style was there in, in buckets. Um, maybe Gerard saw that he wanted somebody who could play more to structure than somebody like a Bertrand Shorey. So I, I think they're not, they're not an apples for apples um, comparison, I think, for me. Um, uh, anything else here, guys? Uh Shane says Sarah isn't what we need, in my opinion. I, I, look, obviously we 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 need a centre half and we need a central midfielder, and I, and I think we will sign definitely a centre half whether a central midfielder comes in. But I can see merits in why why Ishmael Sarah has been targeted. Look, if we only had thirty million to spend and we didn't have money for the other positions, yes, I would be I would be up in arms here with Pitchfork, but. And I may very well be like that come the first of September. I may be sitting here spitting nails again about um about uh you know stupid roster construction. But I'm I can see the merits behind signing Ishmael Asar with regards to the, what he brings to the team, what we don't have already. And also I'm kind of cognizant of the fact that there's ten days left in the transfer window, and I am kind of crossing my fingers behind my back, hoping that we do bring in uh, at least another body in midfield, whether he's. Uh, um, whether it's a massive, massive name or anything like that, somebody who maybe comes in and plays more to structure than 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 some of our midfielders do, or if we bring in a centre half as well, I'm willing to give them the the ten days because um, I think we would be silly not to strengthen our squad, regardless of whether we think the manager is the right man for the job. You have to strengthen your squad. You can't be, be kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face from that aspect. That's just my view. People are going to have different views. I know people said, and even myself and Paddy had a tata about it last night about why uh, he wouldn't give any more money to to Stephen Gerrard. But when you look at it, Stephen Gerrard has brought in Carlos, Camara, Dina, um, Coutinho. Uh, yes, Coutinho hasn't really worked. Dina has been an attacking force. A lot of our a lot of our goals last season came through came through work by Dina there. Yes, in defences he's been left lacking. He absolutely has. Um, he absolutely has, but Diego Carlos, 
unfortunately got injured and uh, Kamara looks like he's a good player. He looks like he's quite a good player in there. You know, we're all raving about him after the Everton game. And I don't think that he was particularly bad at the weekend. I just think he had an awful lot of work to do. So when we look at who Stephen Gerrard has signed, yes, he's padded out the squad with Augustinson and with Olsen. I'd be very surprised if they weren't uh, signing, if they were... um, weren't signing by committee, if so, so to say. But we know that Stephen Gerrard very much had his hands in Coutinho, who so far has to be said isn't working out at this moment in time. Kamara is Carlos. Unfortunately, will be to be to be decided this time next year. And uh, Dina, I think I would class Dina as being a successful signing um, for what he's brought into us in an attacking in attacking sense. And let's see what he can do from a from a defending sense. Um, when uh, if my hunch that we are going to go more with our natural wit coming from um from our inverted wingers um and our fullbacks would stay back a small bit more uh so yeah he isn't exactly what we need now but i think the opportunity cost of when somebody like this comes available if the if the money is there and uh, aston villa have always said that if a player becomes available they think they're the right player the money is there to spend on it and they will be able to spend it on the player so uh i think from that point of view we could see um uh, I think we could see uh, see some see some movement from there. Scotty UK says, "I love Paddy. He's a legend. Get Paddy back on. Paddy's on holidays. Paddy's a, Paddy would be here other than he's uh, he's in North Africa at the moment, sunning himself. So uh, I want to leave him alone on his holidays as well, you know. So uh, when he comes back, he'll be full of fervor for the rest of the season. Um, and he has obviously got his uh, his his takes that we all love. And uh, as I say, I wouldn't be able to do this without him. So you think Paddy's a legend? I think he's even more of a legend than you think because uh, he's the yin to my yang for sure at times. Um, so guys, I think I'm gonna. I think I, I think I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, I, I I can't really. You know, we'll probably be back again tomorrow with more on this if it does break that he has signed for Aston Villa. I think he's an interesting prospect. Uh, coming to the club, should I say? I think it's. I think it's something that's. Uh, that we can look at and we can see that uh, he brings a different aspect to the team. I uh, think brings a different aspect to what Stephen Gerrard can do or what the what the brain trust can do with him. And um, he's got different attributes than any of the players that we have. And uh, as I say, I would hold. I myself am holding fire for the next ten days to see what centre half comes through and if a midfielder comes through. And I think that if they do, uh, if they do sign those uh, sign those other two areas. Um, that uh, I would be happy with the players we were brought in, albeit I'm not happy with the with the performances that we are uh, seeing on the field. And you never know that might change. We're only one good good game away from uh, positivity again. But at the moment, as I say, we're well within our rights to be negative about what we saw yesterday. As I say, uh, I'm still not over it. It's it, it, I'm still smarting after it. And let's hope that something gets turned around really, really quickly. Whether it's uh, you know, players stepping up to the plate, whether it's a change in, in, in the management or a change in, change in tactics, shall I say, from the management, we will see and we can, um, as I said, with fans, we can only look back at it and see it and talk about what we see when it does happen. So I will be back again tomorrow if something else does break uh, on this. Thanks so much, everybody, for watching. If you could give a thumbs up on this, I really appreciate it. There's been nearly 300 people watching this, which is just mind-blowing. As I've said before, 
there are some TV programs in Ireland that 300 people don't watch. So I really appreciate everything that you guys do. Um, uh, every single one of you are absolutely, uh, as I say, you're you're, you're like your diehards. You're here every time I do the, I I do these uh, streams, and I really appreciate the time that you guys give to us. And uh, it just gives us, you know, it gives us the kind of the fervor and the want to come back and to do these podcasts again because so many of you guys show up, and I really do appreciate you. Before I go as well, don't forget tomorrow. Keep an eye on Twitter. We'll be doing the giveaway with Finton uh, at Addicted to Villa. We'll be giving away a jersey of your choice. Um, has to be done on Twitter. So if you aren't following us on Twitter, you can find us at Love McGrath Pod up here somewhere. I think that's it up there. You'll find us there at, at Love McGrath Pod and you'll be able to, to follow us. But thank you so much, everybody. Go on away to bed. It's quarter past 10 here in Ireland. And uh, as I said, tomorrow's a new day. And we'll see if new news breaks. But uh, thanks so much for joining me. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.